she was big on Mr. Skin. Say hello to Sonia for me. It might be more more people at a diving match in this movie than all of the diving matches in history combined. He's getting a lot of massages from his air quotes driver, but whatever. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. I am the host of the show, episode 290 of the program. Been doing it a while. Um, If you are new to the show, maybe because sometimes these special episodes that we do get a a new ear to the show, uh, reach out, become known to us. You can send an email, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com is the email address. You can also call in and give your thoughts. We are reviewing a movie today. So if you have thoughts, you've seen this movie, you loved it. Uh, so reach out, let us know your thoughts either via the email or voicemail. A little bit, little bit higher degree of difficulty and don't talk too long. 949-464-TBLS. Call up, spit your words out quickly into a voicemail and we may possibly dissect your call on a later show. Uh, I'm joined now, as I am each and every week, by Mr. Ed Daly, Hoboken's own Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Uh, not much. Went 3-0 and on my picks last week. It didn't take you long to get to that. That's right. Excellent job. Patreon, awesome. Patreon.com slash The Baller Lifestyle. If you contribute to the show, you got a heads up that Ed's picks were coming out uh, via Patreon, and you got those, and you went to the bank because he went Three and O this week. Excellent job, Ed. You are the fucking prognosticator of record. Everybody knows that. We are also joined. You know, it's, it's, I don't know that Ed and I have ever reviewed a film alone. We'll often have a special guest. Maybe we'll bring in Fancy Sauce. Maybe we'll bring in Trev Rogers. Uh, there's a myriad of guests. Mark the Nomad. Although, hmm. Anyway. Uh, and this guy, he, he, this guy that's on right now, he's reviewed the most movies with us by far, I would assume, I'm guessing. Uh, he's a regular here. You hear him all the time. He also hosts the Bachelor Lifestyle Podcast with me. Of course, I am talking about Mr. Jason Stewart, Mr. Automatic. Jason, what's up? Hello, hey, everybody. What's up, Jason? Hello, hey, so uh, I, I come across something recently, and I'm not, as you guys know, I'm not big into podcasts that's, i don't that's uh, like old you're doing old man pronunciation i come across you came across i came across something okay. um someone told me i need to uh listen to a podcast on bill simmons network called the rewatchables and then they started to explain to me what the concept is and i'm thinking weren't we doing this on the baller lifestyle before they their the first rewatchables episode and isn't this concept – I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say we were the first to start doing this, but we are the first to start doing it well. Yeah, we're the best. We're the best. For sure. The I've never listened to a Rewatchables, but I have a friend that hate listens to them. And then he he's like, dude, I'm begging you, listen to the, the Rewatchables hangover. You will fucking – get so pissed off and I'm like, no, I can't, I can't listen to it. So I don't, I, I feel like they're a little more earnest and like in actually reviewing the movie is my guess, but I, I've never listened cause I only listen to this podcast. 
I think that there's a um, there's one that's been recommended to me. He's like, start at the movie Heat. You're gonna love it, and oh, that's then a great movie. You, and then there's like 50 others that you love, and I just don't. When I have spare time, you know me, I like to read. No, you listen to books. <laughs> and that's not reading. You know, and I, you know, I spend a fair share amount no. of time alone. Uh, with my laptop, I just don't have time to do podcasts. Yeah, you're binging alone with my laptop is code for binging porn. Right. And then two, you say you read, but you listen to books on your way to work. At <laughs> Well, okay, so we need to do a couple of things. Let's clean that up in post. Okay. I can't be associated with porn and oh. have my place of work in the same <laughs> sentence. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but Hold on, let me make a note. Views, but, uh, views of a, Jason Stewart are not reflective yeah, of the company, yeah. right? Don't they have I to mean, do it's that? It's on your Twitter. Time? It's not like you work for Disney. Yeah. Pick this. No, I, actually, I removed it from Twitter for, for the same reason. Oh. Um, so, so here's the deal. Uh, let's pick it up right here. Hey, um, Brian, guess which is more so? Um, number of episodes of the bachelor lifestyle that Ed has listened to oh. or the number of baller lifestyle episodes I've listened well, to. Well, you're like, sometimes you'll text me and you'll be like, Hey, send me a link to the back to the future episode. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and then you know what I do? <laughs> I go to, I go to the baller and I go to the search bar and I type in, back to the future and then uh, the link comes up and then I cut the link and fucking paste it into a text so that you can get it on your Android device. This feels like 1998. Yeah, so I know you have no. listened to some Ed's listened to zero. So you've listened. No, to, I've never listened. Of course not. So you've listened to many more baller lifestyles than Ed has listened to bachelor lifestyles. That's for sure. But I, I, I love you both. I, I no, support I you. It. It's just not my thing. It's a niche. It's a niche thing. Um, okay. Before we get started, we're so spoiler alert audience. We are here to review a movie. It's back to school. The Rodney, the 1986 Rodney Dangerfield classic back to school. But before we get into that, I need to ask Jason something. Jason, you are a guy you're known to rank things and you're also known to be mad online about things. So I need a ranking from you. One to three of these things that you're mad online about one the final season of what's that show called with the dragons game of thrones game of thrones okay yeah. okay don't don't answer yet there's three things here that you need to rank that you're mad online about one season 8 game of thrones b manny machado Umpires. Yeah, Umpires no, no. And Dodger oh, and so hold on. Then it would have to be four. We're going only going to three list here. B, Manny Machado playing baseball the wrong way. <laughs> I love Manny. Or three, Dave Roberts leaving Clayton Kershaw in to face Juan Soto in the ultimate, the final game of the 2019 NLDS. Rank those things, please, Jason that you are mad online about? Oh, I mean, I'll rank them, but quickly, the first and the last one are just, they're matter of fact. They're, those, those are awful decisions, both season eight, right. the writing decisions and Dave Roberts decision 
to bring in Clayton Kershaw. So do we do we have a one A and one B one A and one so, B situation so here? If I, so if I had to rank the two or the three, I would go with Manny Machado because there's still some out there. A lot of Padre fans that give me shit on Twitter that don't agree with my assessment. Oh, so number him. one. I will put him at number one. Didn't see that coming. Shocked. Because, because the second two are Hall kind of... Hall of Famer, Manny Machado? Wow. Hall of Famer Hall of Famer, Manny Machado. Numbers only. Yes. In numbers only. He hasn't won anything, and he has well, zero... he percent. hasn't won anything. It's a sport that takes like 15, 16 guys to win right. anything. Most guys Not don't, the most guys don't he, win anything. He made it to the ALCS with the Orioles, and he was a great player. Like he, They were not going to win the World Series. Carl so, Malone never won anything. Charles, my, Charles you, Barkley never won anything. But if you turn what Ed just said on its head, I, I would argue that no team with Manny Machado will ever win a championship. Oh, it, he's cancer. He's, Yes. Okay. He so, he in, he infects that club. This is a major upset in the rankings. I would never have predicted they this. They in the Oriole Clubhouse. They loved him. Number one, most number one most mad online about thing for Jason Stewart, Manny Machado playing the base playing baseball the wrong way. Okay, two and three. Is this a tie <laughs> situation? Is it the, the Game of Thrones final season or Clayton Kershaw being left in to throw two pitches? To Juan Soto. Well, that's the thing that I think the nearest is the is the still hurts. I mean, the 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 closest one I have to go with probably two. I mean, Game of Game of Thrones is almost just written off history right. at this point. It's too far away. So B, yeah. the second second one would be Clayton Kershaw, Dave Roberts' decision to leave Clayton Kershaw in, and then three, bringing up the rear, season eight, Game of Thrones. I will say this Uh-oh. to Ed's point. I'm yes. not even sure what Ed was talking about with the umpires. Yes, but I will say this: I've uh, just seen he, some tweets. He does get mad about umpires. Yeah. I'm get mad about umpires, yep. makeup calls. Yep, you got well, problems. Yep. Well, the thing is this: the uh, instant replay has made umpires lazy. Like mm-hmm. umpiring mm-hmm. in baseball, the calls have gotten worse because of instant replay. I want. I want to go on. The, I want to go on the record and say I am officially against instant replay in every sport. Fuck instant replay. Okay, continue. So my thing is this. Like, instant replay wastes five minutes of the viewer's time. Agreed. It's like, at some point, we need to hold the umpires accountable so they stop getting lazy. Like, if you say, if something reverses your call, the PA announcer says, uh, Jim Schmidt at first base r- did not get that call right. So that they, we have docked him, you know, Oof. $60 off his game. Uh, kind of hard to follow. Kind of hard to follow. Keep continue. Try to try to straighten us out here. That would make them less lazy. <laughs> if the, if somebody held them accountable for Should their, they give their address too. Yeah. I, oh, I'll yes. take anything that anything that doesn't waste my time in instant replay that some of the calls are just horrible. I, I will oh. say because they can, they have the technology to do it for, with the independent league, the strike zone at this point, there should be no umpire. Yes. Yeah. That's, I agree with that. I agree they're, with that. They're, what's the point where we're just dealing with antiquated systems in tennis for tags and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I get that you might need an ump, but for the strike zone, that's just, that's a rectangle. You don't you don't need them anymore at all. When when I saw Cody Bellinger being a 
bitch about balls and strikes through the NLDS because he wasn't hitting because he was slumping badly because he was sucking as he always does in postseason. I was like, if there were, if this was just, if this was just automatically understood that a ball was a ball and a strike was a strike, these players would be, it's a whole segment of the psychological game that's completely taken out of it. You can't stand there and be a bitch about balls and strikes. Okay. Just a couple tweets here that I've just looked up from Jason Stewart. First of all, he retweeted the Los Angeles Dodgers. Thank you to the best fans in baseball for an incredible season, Uh which Jason Stewart retweeted and said, save your thank you. We need an apology. Hold on. There's more. 2019, the best team in the league with the best player in the league. All for nothing. Who's the best player? Cody Bellinger. Machado? Here's another one. Here's, oh. Here's another oh, okay. one. I don't even blame Kershaw. He should never have been in the game. And if he insisted on being in the game, shame on the team for appeasing him. One more. Roberts had to get cute with a two-run lead. Just brutal. That's right when it happened. And okay. Rendon v. Bellinger. I know the votes are in before the postseason start, but just one of them looks like an MVP in this series. Jason Stewart. At Jason Stewart on Twitter. Mad online. Uh, okay. Didn't, didn't, <laughs> see that, didn't see that ranking coming. Uh, we are here to discuss <laughs> episode 290. We are, we are reviewing a movie. It is the 1986 Rodney Dangerfield classic. Back to on the upper echelon of movies we've we've seen. Yeah, it's one of the better. It's hard. It's hard to. I mean, it's easy to make fun of, but it's still a good movie. Let's uh, right. let's uh, check out the trailer. Guess who's getting some class? I'm going to college. Rodney Dangerfield's going back to school. And that's what I call marine biology. Hey, boys, here's a couple of pens in case you learn how to write. That's Flingo, Flingo. Yeah, crazy, Danny Elfman. Wait a minute, when did you dream about going to college? When I used to fall asleep in high school. Here's a book on sex education. Let me see that. The world's oldest living freshman. Well, he left out the most important thing. Where to get it? Sam Kinison. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. Yeah, a little something for the kids. Okay, take that. It's okay. Huh? I don't have any kids. No, because we're here. Get yourself some kids. We're here. Take it all, all right? <laughs> what a woman. She is the teacher. We're going to talk about this. I like teachers. Do something wrong to make you do it over again. <laughs> what do you say you and I have dinner tonight? Actually, I'd like to join you, but I have class tonight. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? He's not just the big man on campus. Hey, folks, it's Fantastic stunt work in this film, by the way. Okay. Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I like to tame your shrew. He's the wildest man on campus. <laughs> Shake it up, baby! Say when. Right after Say this drink. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield, back to school. Baby. 1986, Rodney Dangerfield, huge, huge star. Uh, let's let's do some of the particulars. Uh, comedy film starring Rodney Dangerfield, Keith Gordon. We'll discuss him. Ooh. Sally Kellerman, Burt Young, bunch of other people. William Zabka, Ned Beatty, Sam Kinison. Directed by little trivia. 
directed by Kate McManus's longtime boyfriend's dad, Alan Metter. Show trailer. What else? What was the? I believe he directed. Dude, well, we've heard of him before. He's what? directed a police academy, but I think it was like the one where they went to uh, Russia. Hold on, no. I'm going to give you. So a- this is this is the movie for him. Yeah, it's, I think so. Hold on, let's see here. Yeah, looks like a lot of TV stuff. Oh, he's did. He's done some. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Rodney. Uh, he did Back to School. That's the big one. Police Academy, Mission to Moscow, which was a oh. '90s Police Academy. But he also directed the Sarah Jessica Parker vehicle. Girls just want to have fun. My Wait sister watched that like a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wasn't that the, uh, wasn't, what's his name in that? Girls just want to have fun. Um, I don't know. Who? Uh, Shannon Doherty was in that. Oh, Sarah I thought Jessica it was, Parker. Oh, what am I thinking about? I don't with, know. Uh, Richard the Blade. Handsome, the handsome guy. What, mm. Mick, uh, Mick Dreamy. What's his name? Oh, oh. Patrick. No, you're Duffy. thinking of Can't Buy Me Love. No. Oh, man. I, Lover I, boy? I, I, I mix those two. Now, um, you saying that it's Kate, Kate McManus's um, ex-husband no, or ex's no, father. ex-boyfriend. Now, the last podcast I did here, Ed didn't show for some reason. Um, and we did, uh, we did Roadhouse. And oh, that was I, Ed was in Europe. Yeah, I had, I had mentioned that my sister's neighbor, Gary, was the one naked screwing the girl in the opening scene. That's right. I thought that was a reach. I thought it was a reach, but I still gave him props. <laughs> no, and then I didn't think it was bat- a reach. On the That's bachelor the kind lifestyle. of information we're here for. <laughs> exactly. On the bachelor lifestyle that, that Ed cho- chooses not to listen to, um, I also said uh, the CEO's daughter's best friend, and you thought that was a reach that, as well. That so, was a reach. The CEO's- you know, based, based on our initial conversation, I feel like if I was there – I'd like to hug Jason and just say it's not your fault over and over again as he weeps into my arms. He's he's really coming at me with some sort of aggression. I love you, Jason. I love you. I hope so. Uh, No, Stu. We've we've actually we've actually had a drink or two. Whereas Brian and I have never even seen each other. Never. That's true. Um, Jason, I very much appreciated that your sister's neighbor in Santa Monica, (laughs) Gary, was in. He was one of the best characters. I kind of love that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, so not a reach. Just this is something of no. I think we it's been mentioned on the show before. That's all. That's why I bring it up. Uh, the plot centers, and it's. I mean, everybody knows this movie, but there's might be some people that are too young that are in the audience. Uh, the plot centers on a wealthy but uneducated father, Rodney Dangerfield, who goes to college to show solidarity with his discouraged, to say the least, son Jason, and learns that he cannot buy an education or happiness. Um, Kurt Vonnegut shows up. Oingo Boingo's there. Um, it's filmed. Does anybody know? Did you guys uh, look I, this up? I, I read. I read a little bit about the backstory. Three universities. Oh yeah. Oh, I only know the one. Oh yes. Oh wait. Yes. So this is is supposed to be Grand Lakes University, which makes it seem like it's what a Minnesota school, right? Yeah. Feels very California. Yeah. It's University of Wisconsin on at Wisconsin. Madison. Yeah. USC, yep, and it says Cal State University, Los Angeles. Is that U- UCLA? No, it's Cal what State is- LA. I've never heard of that. It's one. Uh, in it's uh, in LA. It's off the five. It's uh, commuter school. 
it's part of the Cal yeah. State system that Jason and I both matriculated through. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes here. I read an, a key detail about the script writing. It was Harold Ramis's idea. Yeah, saw that. That Thornton Mellon, they were going to make him like a, a poor schmo. And he's like, I think it would work better if he's a rich guy that goes back to school with his son. And that is a huge detail to the movie. That's what oh, makes it great. Huge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that just shows what a genius. I mean, he is he has been a part of so many great comedies yes. of our childhood. But, and but like I mean, that's a that's the type of detail it what makes him great. But that's the character that he directed in, in Caddyshack. Like Dangerfield makes a perfect obnoxious rich guy. Right. He's perfect. not a he's not a uh elbow grease kind of guy he's he right. makes a, a, a rich prick guy and jason mellon i mean one oh, of the one of the all-time pieces of shit in all movie history imagine if his dad were a poor schmo and he was this much of a disgruntled asshole like it would be right. it would be right impossible to redeem him from that um what else? The diving competition. Oh, it's a, there's a diving plot. Uh, Thornton Mellon, a child of immigrants, returns from school. Oh, so I'm not going to do the whole plot. Um, how much money did this thing make? That's always interesting to find out. Let's see if we can determine that. Now, it's always tough because what is successful in the 80s is not what's remotely successful no, today. No. So Let's see if it even says reception. The f- so the f- I, I can't imagine this was successful in the theaters this feels like a video called classic thing well I'm gonna, i would say this is sub 20 million i'm gonna give you the numbers and you just tell me if what this, what year was it 86 86 so so top gun was out that year yep that's right um what, the, what else was that with top gun in 86 um 86 because i i remember seeing this in the theater so i was 14 years old it was an rated r right type, ed type in Top grossing films of 1986. While well, I look over here to see how much this one made, um, but okay. the boobs and the cussing made this great. rated R, great. right? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, the, the the film received. Oh, the big the big comedy that year had to be Crocodile Dundee. Oh, oh that was oh, 86. Yeah. The film the film Golden received Child, Aliens, Platoon, Top Gun, all Karate fucking classics. Kid Part Two, all fucking classics, especially Karate Kid Part Two. Uh, the film received many, mainly positive reviews from critics. It's the sixth highest grossing film of 1986, as well as the second highest grossing comedy film of the year behind Crocodile Dundee. Records state that in addition to the rental and theatrical gross it received, it went on to gross $108,634,920 oh, <laughs> Globally, this, this movie, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's I don't know if that's in 1986 because that would have been a record. Like movies didn't How make that much back then. That's that has to be there. that has to be to till today, right? But 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 that that almost ensures a, a sequel. When did he pass away, and and why wasn't there ever a he sequel? Died. And if there was, he, I, he I don't remember. Like the late 90s, yeah. he 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 hung around for a while. So now I'm on IMDb. And they're saying the budget of this movie was eleven million. It made almost nine million in its opening weekend, which is a pretty good return. Uh, USA gross ninety one million. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 
it was a big hit. I mean, it was it was definitely a thing. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. I remember it being a good, a big movie for me and my friends. Totally. But like we were 10, 12. Like we were we are of the age that don't really dictate the box office. That's true. This, yep. this is crazy. Yeah, we would have had to buy a ticket to something else to sneak in. Although I think back then they might have been they didn't like play it too uh, close to the vest with the R ratings. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it 85% with the critics certified fresh, only 68 with the audience. I feel like there might be some late arrivals that have reviewed this movie that don't, didn't exactly get it. But again, massive hit cultural phenomenon. Um, this might've gotten me too. Yeah. It's kind of, there are like some minor, like me too. There's some, like he's, he kind of me too's the chick in the shower, but kind of. I mean, a little bit. I don't, it was an accident. It's, it was a different time. Honest mistake. The uh, cops were behind him. I did. It's like, kind of the. Yeah. It was the '80s old man mentality. And who am I kidding? Like it's like the 2010 '80s or old man mentality of if I if I look a third time, but give her a compliment <laughs> that she's really hot, it's, then what could she be upset about? Then it shifts back over to being good. Yeah, exactly. It's not bad anymore. Exactly. <laughs> one, one kind of an accident. Two bad. Three, it's okay. You've redeemed yourself. Sweet. Um, I did like, and I want to see if you guys notice this. The movie starts with a cool, um, um, flashback black and white yeah. scene. Whatever. Yeah, to um, Thornton Mellon as a kid and Wayne, Wayne from the Wonder yeah, Years. Right. He's like five. Four, he's so five, little. Three. He's so little. He plays. He plays uh, the young Thornton Mellon, whose whose whole dream. His dad is a tailor or something, and his whole Thornton Maloney at that point, right? <laughs> I did like that touch too. He's had to shorten his name to Mellon. Um, he did. He all he wanted to do was work in his dad's shop, and his dad wants him to go to school. The whole thing is he wants him to go to school, and then we fast forward to modern times and he's become rich and he's got his own um chain of shops here here's a little clip he's the rochester big and tall guy yeah a little on a hefty side perhaps well let's face it how you fat when you go jogging you leave potholes when you make love do you have to give directions at the zoo do elephants throw you peanuts do you look at a menu and say okay well now you can eat all you want basically just doing his act we've got you covered that's right fine woolen and woolen blend suits and sport coats in all the larger sizes. Husky, stop, extra stuff. His, uh, so he's a, he's a super rich guy, and he gets driven around in his limo. And who's who's his driver? Jason Stewart, Bert Young. <laughs> That's Bert right, Young, <laughs> Uncle Paulie. <laughs> and I, you got to give him credit because he really had to expound his uh, his acting, um, his the Groovy. spectrum. Yes, yeah, I mean. He plays a much different part in this movie than he played in Rocky. That's true. It's it's, it's hugely <laughs> they pretty different. Much, they pretty much uh, wardrobes like all right. Put on a limo driver's hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just wear what you're what you'd normally be wearing, which is this suit. And just throw on a hat and do the same character you do in Rocky. I don't need. You don't need to shave. Just put on the hat. Um, how about a little? He basically. What, how he, how old is he, Brian? So yeah, I was gonna do how how fucking old is this guy, Burt Young, in 1986 when he's in this movie? Do you guys want to take some guesses? Do you already know? Yeah. 
And wasn't he also? Didn't he also do uh, Rocky Four this year, or was that a little bit later? I think Rocky Four was eighty eight, eighty seven, or eighty eight. No, 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 no. It was definitely earlier. Oh, was it? It was. It was. It was either eighty five or eighty six. Oh, so it was. A, yeah, then it was the same time. How old, Jason Stewart? How fucking old is Burt Young? In this time I was gonna period, say, back to I was school. just going to say that he just walked off the set of the other one and onto this one. Yeah. He was just the exact same guy. Same guy. The, uh, so he might have just been shifting between both sets, and he didn't yeah. actually have to know where he was. He yeah. just had to play the same guy. He was probably like, "Hey, where's my robot?" Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally hey, I act with the robot. The robot. <laughs> yeah. When do I get to fuck the robot? Yeah. Happy I, birthday, Polly. I would say fifty-eight. Just to be 58 years old in 1986. That's a safe bet. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty safe. I I looked it up and you have to keep in mind, it's always a year younger than when it was released, Brian. Right. So this, he's born 1940, which would have made him 45 (laughs) years old. When he made this movie, he looks 65. He looks like so fucking If you're playing it safe, he looks 65. It's, it's crazy. Forty six. My, my grandfather in his seventies looked way better than this. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he's so they're just they're showing that Rodney Thornton Mellon is a, just a rich bastard. He gets driven around in a limo. He's got his driver. He uh, he goes to work and he's got like a big. He goes in a big conference room and he owns these tall and fat stores. And I guess this was the thing because he goes in to the tall and fat store to the meeting like the corporate offices or whatever and he goes in this big conference room and it's morning time and everybody's eating like cakes and not like pastries like danishes like big chocolate pieces of chocolate cake and there's like all this food on the table is is that because he owns tall and fat stores that was kind of lost on me i i'm guessing they were trying to establish that America was coming to terms with its obesity crisis. Right. It, it, like so they were trying to point out, hey, we eat a lot. Everybody. Because it, it was rather ham handed. Everybody's no real fat. And that's why he's so successful is because he owns these tall and fat stores. Yeah. And so then he's like having to meet and they're showing that he's like a real badass businessman. Like he, they're like, hey, we should sell this property in Florida. And he's like, hold on, keep it, take the depreciation and then we'll flip it. And he's like, he's got all, he's got real good business sense. We can tell. Yes. Uh, then he takes a call from his son and he's like, all right, scram, everybody, this meeting's over. They're like, we got business to do. He's like, so they're establishing that he's very dedicated to his son because his son, Jason Mellon, calls him from college and he's like, I got to, it's my son's on the phone. This is important. Um, so another, how fucking old is this guy, Jason Mellon? Because he's supposed wow. to be a college age. and He's the, he's the- Creeper from Christine, the the Stephen King movie. Yes, he's also. I don't know what came first, but both he was deserving. I, I couldn't I couldn't place him, but I I was it was distracting how short he is. He's and tiny. old. He's tiny and old. He's yeah. He's balding. He, if he's, he's eighteen in the in the movie, the character he's there's definite baldness. He's receding hair. He's balding. So how old do you think the how old does he look? At least 29. 29? Yeah. I mean, just being safe, he looks like a guy in his mid-30s. Mid-30s, yeah. I'd say early 30s he looks uh, pretty close. He's supposed to be either like a freshman, sophomore, we think. Um, he's born 1961, so he would have been about 25. 
when this movie came out. So he looks much older though. Um, and then who do we see? The who do we see that it, immediately we understand to be the bully just by his appearance? Johnny Lawrence, a full feathered. This was Gorgeous an exaggerated hair. version. Gorgeous. I mean, his hair was beautifully feathered, and he looked yoked. He was he was at his best here. Is he's probably got I don't know five percent body fat, if that. He's he's supposed to play a diver, so he's got to be shirtless a lot. And my man definitely looks the part. I assume that they saw him in Karate Kid, and they're like, "Get this guy and get let him grow out a fe- feathered well, mullet." So he doesn't look high school age anymore. You can see this that was the perfect quaff. Yeah, you, gorgeous. I just noticed this uh, this trend. It's almost as if the casting director said to Dangerfield, Burt Young, and this guy, just be the guy that you were at in the the movie right before this. <laughs> just just be that guy. Right. You don't have to. Nobody have to needs worry acting lessons. <laughs> just just. Keep slow and steady wins the race here. Just do the same thing. Let me set this up for you. You are a obnoxious jock who is jealous over the dweeb who has your chick. Have you ever done a a part like that before? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think you can pull that off? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Johnny Lawrence is there. He's the star diver. And we learn that Jason's told his dad that he's – on the diving team, but actually, he's just a towel boy. Not so. The two that, things here. One, it's going to be tough to admit to your dad you're on the diving team. First of all, <laughs> well, we're 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 meant to believe that you have to actually make the uh, Grand Lakes University diving team, and <laughs> two, we're meant to believe that that diving team actually has towel boys. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. They yeah. have staff. Yes. <laughs> so he's Excess. yeah, he's living a lie. Um, he's his, so that's his life. It's not going great for him at college. And then and then we're back to Thornton's house. Thornton, he's remarried. I don't think they mentioned that the uh, Jason's mother has died until later in the movie. But he's he, when he does talk to her, he's like, "Hey, your mother," and she, he's like, "She's not my mother. She's your, you know, she's your wife or something." He's he's remarried, and he's all. She looked familiar to me. I looked her up. Just escape from New York is the only thing I could. Yeah, see from her, Adrian she Barbo. Kind of she's one of those ones that she probably did like a Magnum PI. Like she's, you've seen her face in a lot of things, but she's a oh, character she's actress. A- she was big on Mr. Skin. She has taken her top off in many movies. Oh, yeah, I felt uh, like I had Mr. Skin. seen, known what, her. Jay what was the on one Mr. about? Skin. What was the one about creature? The 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 creature with underneath the lagoon or something that creature was from the Black 80s? Lagoon. Was that the movie? I don't know. She, I, I, I want to say she was in that, and she was naked in that. But I could be wrong. Wow. Um, she's Carry on. This is this is an issue I have that I'll get into more. This uh, Thornton Mellon, look, he's Rodney Dangerfield. The guy is no looker, okay? He's got the bugged out eyes thing. Just talk about how fucking old is this guy. He's actually old as fuck. And, but the character, Thornton Mellon, is super rich. He should really be attracting a higher level of ass. 
His yeah. his second wife, she's just okay. She's just okay. And then he gets to college and he's there's all these co-eds around that probably are very much interested in establishing the sugar daddy type of lifestyle. And meanwhile, he's he's trying to hook up with the professor. With hot lips Houlihan. Right. I mean, just the whole thing is just that's, Wait, that's, that's an who issue she for me. Was? Yeah, that's not the, not the TV Mash? one, the movie one. No, the movie one. Yeah, she's the, oh, the movie she's one. She's the movie okay. hotline. With Elliot Gould. Yeah. She looked familiar. I just couldn't place her. But she she there is something about her that is attractive. Sally Kellerman. She's been in tons of stuff. Um, so that that but he's you could tell he's like bummed about the wife. He's like, she gives great headache. Like he's really annoyed by her. She's throwing a party and um, immediately he catches her like being fingered by some, it's not established who the dude is, but he's some guy. But a guy who's familiar from other 80s stuff, he's wearing leather pants, but you've seen that guy in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he, he has been in a bunch of stuff. That reminds me, when, is this proprietary to Amazon Prime? Like, so the other night, I'm watching Succession, and don't don't spoil it for me because I'm a couple episodes behind. Okay, and I'm I'm watching Succession, and I'm watching it on the HBO app, and all of a sudden I see there's fucking Larry from Perfect Strangers, and I'm like, holy shit, there's Larry from Perfect Strangers. He's on Succession. He's part of like the Pierce family that they're buying their their uh, media empire, and I'm like, I want to click the, th- and I go to click it. If you're watching something on Amazon Prime and you right. pause it, it tells you every actor that's in the scene. Why can't Netflix and HBO and Hulu and every other fucking streaming service do the same thing? It's a fantastic tool. Are you guys agree? It should yeah. it should be like remember when Fox got the NFL and they're like, you know what? We're, We're gonna, gonna post the score and time oh, yeah. Yeah. at Chiron. all times. Yes. Just just like Video games do. That's what that's what motivated them, Madden. And then every network immediately had to do that and the first downline, like that was just a thing. This should be the same type of thing. I want to know exactly who I'm looking at. I often want to know. I'm always like, where do I know that guy from? And if it's on Amazon, you know in one second where you know the person from. Every other streaming service doesn't have it. Jason Stewart, you're in the business. We won't say who you work for. What do you think about that? Is that proprietary to Amazon? Everyone can can do that, right? The technology is there. What do you think? No, there's no way that that Amazon could own something like of that. Of course not. And and I love it. I've loved it for a long time. And to add to it, I've, not only I lo- do you I've get the actors, all over it. I love it more than you. I eja- <laughs> I physically yeah. ejaculate on my I'll television. I'll see your love it, pops it up. Yeah. and I'll raise you. See you on top. Of it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. but you but you also get. A lot of the times, the name of the song and the artist. Yes, like, Boingo Boingo. Like that was one of them, but there was also a cheesy, totally '80s song when they're pulling up to campus and back to school back is to just school. like shoehorned into the chorus. Like it's just an awful '80s tune, and I swear it was Kenny Loggins. And I go there, and um, and it was some artist I'd never even heard of. Ripping off Kenny Loggins. Yeah, it's it's an amazing feature, and really everyone needs to get on it quickly. Um, okay, so he's he, 
you realize that that uh, Thornton is unhappy at his party. It's everyone's real stuffy, which is weird because they should be kissing his ass because it's his fucking house. He's the, he's rich, the rich guy. guy. Yeah, he's the rich guy, and it's like not his kind of food. And there's no beer. Like you can't have. We can't have beer at this party. So he has to go get a. I beer. I like when he takes a loaf of bread, yes, like an entire loaf, yeah. and just cuts it open and just pours everything into it. Yeah, he goes, oh, I hate small food. And he takes an entire loaf of bread and makes Amazing. a sandwich. He puts like uh, deviled eggs on the sandwich. It's great. It's just the whole thing. It's it's the best. Um. So yeah, he's he's clearly unhappy. And then at the at the end of the party, he tells the wife they have a blow up, and he's like, "It's over." And because he's a strategic business businessman, he already has the divorce papers in his pocket. Right. That's he the, went into that party fully armed. Yeah, that's a good play. So he gets rid of her, and then he's like. Lou, Burt Young, he's like, gas. Oh, and but then we get the whole party's left, and it's just Lou, Burt Young, sitting there by the side of the pool, and uh, and Thornton goes for a swim, even though it's the middle of the night, and we see, we get a little foreshadow. He's got some hops. His diving prowess. The man is a diving specimen. Uh, but then he he tells Lou, hey, pack my bags. We're headed three hours north or whatever to go see Jason at college. Um, they head up to Grand Lakes College where they just pull up. They, he, he thinks Jason's in a fraternity. So he pulls up to the first house with Greek letters on it and he and he cruises in and he immediately just pulls open the shower curtain. And there's a there's a there's some beautiful nubile young breasts there. And this. I, I use the Amazon app to just see, hey, sh- I should know who those breasts are, but it was just some rando. It wasn't like, yeah, this was their only, yeah, their only, only gig credit. Yeah, uh, but that's that's nice to see. You don't see that anymore. They, you know, they, this, these these R rated movies, they just don't. There's no boobies like there used to be. You know what there are? There's but, a lot of dicks. They put a lot of dicks in movies now. That's that's where but we the are. The cop, now. the cop who escorted him out, that's the guy from me, myself, and Irene who he shits on his front lawn. Oh yeah, it is the neighbor. Yeah, right. He's been in stuff. He's been in stuff. Yes, I there, thought he there are there are there are a bunch of character actors in this movie that great roles in iconic movies. Totally, hundred um, percent. This is where we get um, introduced to Robert Downey Jr. He's in this movie. He plays um, Jason's buddy, Derek Lutz. Derek Lutz and I want to point out one thing about him. Yeah. And the, the, the charisma jumps off the screen. Like he's, he's a guy. No, that's, that's a cocaine bender, but go on. Right. But charisma and cocaine are one and the same. But what struck me is he's got some real summer teeth. Oh, does he? I didn't notice. He's got, he's got gaps between pretty much every tooth. Shut up. Yeah. He's got a fucked up grill. And his dad was in Hollywood. Like, his dad was a director. Right. Got those teeth fixed. His teeth are real fucked up. Unbelievable. Did not notice. Uh, yeah, he's there to low-key role for uh, Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if this is the first thing he's in, but... Weird Science was around the same time, around right? Around the same he time, was, yep. Bigger role for him in that, yep. Before I go to uh, Robert Downey's IMDb page, I need to let you guys know that the... Uh, the movie that that woman is in is Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. <laughs> you guys remember Swamp Thing? I do at not. All? I do not remember Swamp Thing. No. No. 
high rotation on my HBO in the early eighties. Oh, very nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Let us know what Robert Downey Jr. was in around this time. Um, at this time where we get a little more of Jason Mellon and he's like, you know, school's not working out for me. He's telling, um, you know, Thornton shows up and he's got a, he's, he's sussed out that he's not actually on the diving team and he's not actually in a fraternity and he's, and Jason's just complaining. He's like, uh, you know, it's just, I think I'm going to drop out. It's like, things aren't going well for me. I'm getting C's and, and, uh, Thornton's like, ABC, you're in the top three. Like he's like, he's, he's the best dad ever. He's like, so great. He just loves his kid. And he's like, you're doing great. Like you're a melon. Keep going. And this Jason is, he's like, no girls will even talk to me. I need to ask you guys, is Jason Mellon the original incel? <laughs> he he really at every turn bums you out. Such a bummer. He's balding. He's very pasty. Every- his his dad is fantastically wealthy and just wants to hook and him up. And all he does is bitch. Generous. Yes. Awful. It's like I, w- w- the the thing that you just don't understand is this character uh, in the first scene says he hates college. He's getting bad grades. It sucks. And then at every turn, once his dad gets on campus, it's like, why aren't you studying? I'm in the <laughs> library. Why are we not studying? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, well, I, that's true. My grades, my grades weren't where they should have been because I wasn't studying enough. If you're getting bad grades, it's because you're a shitty studier. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, I never studied shit and I got B's, C's, occasional D, but hey, I got through it. Uh, that's all this. That's all this guy does. Jason Mellon does is study, and he still sucks at school. But what's he? Do? What's what's Thornton? Because he's a fucking amazing, coolest dad ever. He's like, you're not dropping out of school. I'm gonna enroll and do it with you. Like, what a fucking dad. Amazing. Right. He goes. He's and you know you can't just fucking enroll at college. Things have to be worked out. So he bounces up to talk to the dean. Ned Beatty. Squeal like a pig, Ned. Famous for his star turn being ass raped in deliverance. Ned Beatty plays Dean Martin, dean of the school. <laughs> but Dean Martin, I thought, was a, a very creative joke the entire time. It's great. Movie. It's, you know what? It's never. Yeah, they don't, they don't overplay it just it's one tough. time. <laughs> it's really funny every time he says Dean Martin. I don't know. I love it when he does it. He goes. Baby's really good in this. Like this yeah. is a throwaway role, and yeah. he he sells it. Oh, he's a great he actor. Does a good job. And, but there's there's a there's an issue here that I I want to know if you guys noticed. Thornton Mellon goes in. He's like, "Hey, I want to go to your school. What can you do for me?" And Ned Beatty's like, at first, Ned Beatty's like kind of a prick about it. He's like, "You don't understand." He's like, "This is a fine institution. This is one of the greatest schools." He goes, "I." They're trying to make it seem like it's a Harvard situation. He goes. I personally hand pick all the students that come here. Then how the fuck did Jason Mellon get in? He can't even hack it. He sucks at school. He's fucking annoying. Sucks he, at diving. He can't dive. Him and fucking Robert Downey Jr. in his blue hair. If this is such an exclusive school, what are those shitheads doing there? Then it's all worked out because he... um he donates a building here. We have, 
I have the clip from when he donated the bill, the, the groundbreaking from the future site of the Mellon School of Business Coolidge Administration. The business of America is business. And the business of an educational institution such as ours is to create young minds that understand that the business of America is the kind of business. Ned Beatty killing it. And I was to Jason's point earlier, something I'm noticing now. Rodney Dangerfield, Thornton Mellon, is wearing plaid pants, a golf shirt, and a cardigan sweater. Basically, <laughs> exactly what his character wears in, in Caddyshack. They're basically taking characters <laughs> from other movies and just putting them in different situations. The, the, ex- most, <laughs> the most revealing scene is when he's buying the uh, books at the bookstore and he just starts telling them what he wants to buy. It's yeah, almost like carbon copy. Okay, let's hear. Oh, here we're also introduced in this scene to the his uh, foil. But it actually is whatever it is that I have said here today. Point is that we are here to honor our most generous benefactor and newest freshman. The man who's made it possible for us to break ground here today, Mr. Thornton Mellon. Golf clap. Dean Martin, great speech, great speech. There's nothing like good, clean business, huh? And a little monkey business, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Philip, I'm so glad you could make it. Mr. Mellon, I'd like for you Here's... to meet Dr. Philip Barbet, who's the dean of our school of business. David, Philip I just want to get it on record that I'm totally against yeah. the stuffy. Yeah, this is that that British guy with the big nose that's always like plays the upper crust guy, Mister Stuffy. Yeah. He's in everything. He's one thing about this uh, this college that's kind of interesting. They have exactly four professors at the whole school. That's it. It's not much budget for teachers there, and one of them has a major cocaine problem. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so he donates a building. And then after we're, uh, then we're introduced to the love interest of the movie. Who's not, he's, she's kind of eighties hot. Um, Valerie well, Desmond there. Yeah, there's, there are problems with Valerie because they cast a hobbit for the main yeah. college. Kid. She's a head so, right. taller she's, than him. She's six feet tall. I, I looked her up. She's five eleven and three quarters yeah. or something. Is that so, like, right? See, yeah, I it, was I, I was really hoping she was like five six. I was really hoping no, no, no. he was she's, below five feet tall. She is attractive enough, <laughs> but geez. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, but she's again, she's like the quintessential eighties love interest where she's just nice. You know, she's not she she's the kind of chick that we're supposed to believe would actually date this she's the kind of like unicorn that would find and Jason a Mellon. Full on, a full on incel scene. Was when she goes, "Hi, I'm what was it, Valerie Desmond? Yeah. Hi, I'm Valerie Desmond." He goes, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's not what you're supposed to say to somebody when you're meeting them. For, yes, I know your social security number too. Um, <laughs> I watch you when you sleep. <laughs> uh, so they're in line to like register or something, and Johnny Lo- and the lines were long. And Johnny Lawrence, because he's a bully with feathered hair, comes in and like tries to. Uh, to beautiful in this scene. Yeah, he tries to push his way in line, and Robert Downey Jr. 
who just steps up to him and he's like, get the fuck out. You're not step getting in line in front of us. Get to the back I of the line. I don't think so, Derek. Yeah. Do, do you guys think that was the yayo courage there? Do you think he just done a fat bump before he got in line? Yeah. And that's and what, he, that's what gave he him the put on the wonder woman outfit right after that and climbed <laughs> into a neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Derek Lutz. Uh, oh, by the way, Johnny Lawrence, of all his shitty characters, this is the best name. Chaz Osborne. It's great. It's a great this name. is the best bully name. Chaz Osborne is a fucking fantastic name. Totally agree with you. Um uh, uh, yeah, and then as Jason alluded to, there, you know, it's the semester starting, so they're uh they're in the bookstore. Thornton's buying Thornton's disgusted that they're buying used books. So um, he buy he makes sure they buy new books and then he starts just buying everybody, everything, including the store clerk and everything. And, and suddenly the Sally Kellerman, who's the English literature professor, uh, she's got, uh, she eyes him and she's like, Oh, what's this, uh, what's this, uh, Thornton Mellon all about? But I, so that's, that's a question I was asking earlier. Why does Thornton, a rich guy attract such busted chicks? Should we? Is this I something mean, we Cash should? Cash is king, and Thornton's got all of it. I know. Should we blame uh, Kate's ex-boyfriend's dad for this? Because the casting of yeah. this movie, like, why not put, put a honey, like one of the honeys of you know, like an older <laughs> honey of the eighties in this time? Or just like Morgan like somebody Fairchild. like my high school Spanish teacher. Exactly. She would. She would get it. Yes. For sure. Like what? What? What's her name? Crystal something or another from Bernard. Uh, Oh yeah, from It's a Living. Crystal Bernard from It's a Living and Wings. Wings? Yeah, sure. And Happy Days. She was a babe. Yeah, put her in this totally. Uh, and then they go. They head back to the dorm where Thornton, who is the best, has fucking remodeled their apartment into like souped a, up a dorm. Yeah, it's massive. They've got a fucking hot tub. Somehow it's gotten like seven units bigger. There's huge couches. It's very comfortable. It, is there anything better than being Thornton Mellon's kid? Were you were you guys not daydreaming about that possibility when you watched this movie? Well, well I got let's, the let's, same let's, feeling. I got the same feeling I did when I was a kid watching Silver Spoons. Like, if only okay. this was my life. I need a train in my house. Yeah, Jason. I I, w- yeah. I went much more skeptical than that because uh, the timeline, the movie makes it out to be as if um, as if the construction guy and his crew was able to completely refurbish, bust the walls down in like six dorms and put all state-of-the-art shit in there over lunch. Like by the time they got back from a lunch, (laughs) they had all this shit in there. Is that, is that right? Was that the timeline? Thornton takes care of his people, Jason, because the, the, (laughs) the contractors leaving at the time and Thornton, he does a thing too, where he's like, Hey, Tommy, you got it taken care of? And he's like, yeah, no problem, Mr. Mellon. And he's like, hey, he does a thing. And this is a, this is a thing I suggest to every, everybody. He, he goes, he gives him a few extra. He goes, put a few extra, a hundred extra on the bill and throw a party for the boys, which is a fucking classy yeah. move. And then he goes, say hi to Sonia for me. Mm. He knows his wife's name. That's a power move. Yeah. It's, you want, you want somebody to do some shit for you? Give him a little extra, not a lot. It's a fucking easy right. throw in for him. And then have a few key things in your memory bank. Say hello to Sonia for me. Right. That's that's the the indication. No Goldberging. We're we're gonna finish this job quickly. Of course. Absolutely. Cause they wanna be they wanna work for this guy again, because he's such a great boss. 
Um, then the cl- so the classes start. He's all set up. He's got everything set up. The f- there's, there's a problematic line coming up. Okay, so he's with the first classes with Doctor Barbet. Mm-hmm. The, uh, that's that's where it comes out. The British dude. It's I believe it's Econ, which I I'm almost certain Ed Daly majored in. I didn't major in it, but I had I. With business, you have to complete several econs. Mm. I had like mm-hmm. four econs. Econ. I had to pass. Oof. I don't remember any time in my my studies the line "the Japs will kill us on labor costs." <laughs> I don't remember anyone saying that, but I could see some people taking offense. To it. <laughs> uh, Jason, <laughs> J- Jason Stewart, any thoughts there? Any thoughts on that? That particular uh, line of dialogue. How how would uh, Bill he Parcells? Wasn't by the way. <laughs> right, of course not. How would how would Bill Parcells have felt about that terminology? Are we talking about the coach of the uh, of the diving team? <laughs> no, that was that was M M M M Walsh, right? The the doctor from Fletch, dude. I can't wait. The phone book killer and the jerk. I can't wait to get to that actor because I spent the entire first scene wondering where I've seen him before, and but I didn't want to look it up. I wanted to because I knew that I loved the movie and I knew that I loved the character. And then He's it struck always- me: if you're the doctor in Fletch, you are that's an iconic role. That's that forever. You had a generation of uh, men laughing at your scene for their entire lives. Uh, no, he's yeah. great. No, he's the great. Jerk, Cohen Brothers. He's he's great in everything. He's in everything. He's in everything. Uh, so we're getting we're getting the lay of the land of the teachers. Doctor Barbet. Uh, it's oh. we're uh, Thornton Mellon knows much more than Doctor Barbet about business, which is which is why they say if you can't do teach, because anybody that does the job always knows more than your professor talking about it. Um, he goes to history where his teacher, Sam Kinison, fantastic cameo for Sam this is, Kinison. This is great. It's, it's so good. Hold on. Let me see if whoever, I, whoever the, the, the woman who answers the first question, she's great too. She is fully intimidated by him. Hold on. I, I have the clip here. I love that Sam Kinison is bald. You know, he always wore that do rag yeah. because he was, he was bald on top. And in this one, they've like, <laughs> he, can't wear the, he can't wear the do rag in class. So they've got him <laughs> fully combed over. Again, how fucking old is this guy, Sam Kinison? <laughs> this we got to look up. Sam he Kinison, didn't take good care of himself. <laughs> Sam Kinison died young, and he's looking not young in 1986. Sam Kinison, do you guys want to take a guess at how old he was in this movie? Jason Stewart, give us a guess. Uh-oh. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. I mean- as we said, there was a, I mean, there's a drug addiction here. He did not age well. I'm guessing it's way younger than, than he looks. I, I would say 38. Oh, um, my God. Pretty close. Sam Kinison, born December 8th, 1953. He was 32 years old as of oh the God. filming of this movie. Oh, man. 32. Thirty-two. He's basically. I've got him by more than a decade in this movie. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. And he looks. I would say conservatively, he looks about forty-nine, a hard forty-nine. And doesn't look great, but he does not. But yeah. All right. So 
why he's in this movie um, oh. is because Rodney was, I mean, that, that was the other rap on Dangerfield. Everybody loved him, but he always took care of young comics. Yeah. Apparently, he, he at least got him a re-Jim Carrey, but he would just look too young for the role. But he also read for Kennison's role. Yeah, he was so every year Rodney used to do that young comedian special on HBO. And these are these are the guys he discovered. He's the first person to put Jim Carrey on TV, the first person to put Sam Kinison on TV. So he was he really gave back to the young comedians. Let's and I, Yes. Oh wait, hang on. One thing. Yeah. I, I, t- actually play this quote, and then I've got a couple Rodney facts that I learned okay. about this movie. Oh yeah, that, that, that's good. Um this is Sam Kinison as History Professor Turgeson. Contemporary American history. I'm Professor Turgeson. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts, just information about the past, but not me. I mean, I hold history very sacred. Sacred. The way the farmer looks at the earth and he holds it sacred. The way a Christian takes the Bible and he holds it sacred. The way a lot of people hold their marriage sacred. So I feel about it. So why don't we dive right in by interpreting one of the easiest events in the last 20 years of American history. Now, can someone tell me why in 1975 we pulled our troops out of Vietnam? The failure of Vietnamization to win popular support caused an ongoing erosion of confidence in the various American but illegal Saigon regimes. Is she right? <laughs> so, no, that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. I was up to my <laughs> knees in rice paddies with guns and Edward going up against Charlie, slugging it out with him while pussies like you were back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I mean, these kids, they were in grade the school at the time. And me, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. <laughs> so good. Sam Kinison. What's Ed, give us your Rodney facts. So I've got a couple. First of all, this is just a weird one. Rodney's ex-wife keeps a bottle of his sweat in her fridge, which... Is this a Boris Becker situation? Is she going to do something with his DNA? I'm not. I'm not sure. But Wait, how would you? How would you collect enough sweat to save? I guess she like wringed out his old clothes after a set or something. Wow. That's just that's just a weird thing I read. But I thought was uh, very interesting was the the word on Rodney is he liked to hang brains on people. Oh yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was one of the writers on the movie said, anyone who spent any private time with Rodney saw them. He was only comfortable in a bathrobe, but he never tied it shut all the way and never wore underwear. So the boys kind of hung out to catch some air. They were exceptionally low hanging, like a grandfather clock. Wow. Wow. And also to promote this movie, he went on a relatively young David late night with David Letterman. And he was always a Johnny guy. That's what made him famous. But they said he helped Johnny home one night after Carson was drinking. Johnny said, I'm fine. But Rodney kept driving alongside him slowly and waited till he got into the house with the door shut and the lights on before finally leaving. 
Johnny never called him to thank him. Sometimes Rodney would let little things like that stew in his head. We thought it was crazy he was holding on to this grudge. It's, quote, Johnny loved to drink, and a lot of people helped him get home. I'd say, Johnny didn't know you were doing all that. He was drunk out of his mind, but Rodney would shake his head. Man, that's not right. He'd go home. He'd say, I got him home, probably saved his life, and he hasn't called me? Fuck it. I'm not doing his show anymore. And so he never did Johnny again, wow. and he only went to him. That's amazing. That's incredible. I just thought that's a cool little, cool little detail, but yeah. Rodney, Rodney did not like Johnny at the end. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, so Rodney, so then Rodney goes to, um, Sally Kellerman's class again. It's bugs me so much that she's the love interest in this movie. And he, but he clearly wants to get balls deep. He's like asking her out. He's being all funny. He's doing a good job. And by but the she way, gives they, off the vibe that she, yeah. she wants. Yeah. She's from, into it. From the very beginning, first of all, she's dating a stiff, but Dr. From, the very be, from the very beginning, I mean, they try to make her out to be this academic, I guess, kind of like a, you know, a, a free spirited one. But I think from the outset, she's a gold digger. Like she knows about the money. Interesting. She's working at, she's working well, at from just, the very get go. But I, I viewed it as somebody she she gives up a vibe. She likes to fuck. She's an earthy Whoa. Whoa. English teacher. Um, yeah, I definitely I get that vibe too. Uh, and Doctor Barbet clearly not fucking her properly. I I see Doctor Barbet as the kind that likes to get one of those red ball gags in his mouth. And yeah. this Sally That's Kellerman, right. Doctor whatever she's called, she's probably. A little sick of having to peg him every night. <laughs> I think I think that's the kind of relationship we're dealing with here. Um, they go to diving practice, and it turns out M. Emmett Walsh and Rodney Dane or Thornton Mellon are from the same great state of New Jersey at Daly's home South state. South Jersey, right? Didn't they say Atlantic City? They're oh, yeah, they're yeah. talking South because he he used to. Um, his growing Dive up, he, he used to open for the diving uh, horse, which is pretty fucked right. up. Right, they used to make that horse do that. Uh, that's that's old timey behavior, like Babe Ruth days. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's not... Um, so the he's he's familiar with uh with Thornton Mellon's diving, and this is where we first hear of the triple Lindy. He asked if if he's taught Jason the triple Lindy, and he said, "Of course not." It's like this. It's much it's, too it's, dangerous. I I never quite understood, and maybe it's explained somewhere in some deep dive of this movie, but no pun intended. The uh, the dive thing. I don't remember this ever being relevant on any college campus ever. Diving. Uh, diving <laughs> becomes relevant when uh, Greg Luganis and a couple other people do it in the Olympics every it's four years. This time, yeah. Uh, but right, but but that's it. After the Olympics are over, nobody there, thinks of There's a lot of attention and fanfare, and the campus seems to really put a lot of stake in these divers. In fact, if we want to draw another parallel, Johnny is in a fairly um, unknown sport and Karate Kid, and it's it's very overplayed. Yes, yes. and karate. and and diving in this movie is similar in that. It's almost treated like it's a football program at Auburn or something. Well, the, not to spoil it, but later in the movie, 
the the diving meet the, the crowds it attracts a crowd cheerleaders not, not quite not quite the arena size that the East Valley Karate Championships attracted back in 1985 but uh, pretty close pretty close it it draws a pretty robust crowd to say the least uh, and so Thornton's really loving being a freshman. He's doing typical freshman things. He's supposed to study with Jason and not only are they like, do they have most of their classes together? Now Jason wants to fucking study. Jason's a needy little bitch. And uh, meanwhile, Thornton's out chasing Poon. He's at, he's out singing with the band at the college bar. Robert Downey Jr. is doing some civil disobedience, ruining the football pep rally. Also, and I don't, I'm not completely up on the timeline, but it, would you think diving to be a fall semester sport? That's true. Feels very springish. You would think. You would think. Warmer weather, um, not a fall sport. But again, <laughs> I don't know how they do things at Grand Lakes University. Now, now I'm struggling with this because at the bar where, where they're starting to yep. Yep. cut loose, uh, Chaz Osborne is with like three or four women in his booth. Yeah. And on one hand, I mean, he is beautiful and he's got that feathered mullet. Gorgeous. But on the other hand, they're kind of implying that the diving, uh, bona fides are what's getting him the women because then the football team shows up and he like knows them like, like football athletes and divers are on the same plane. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. That's exactly. He's he's the big diver on campus. Um then so the football team shows up to the bar and there uh Chaz lets them know, "Hey, there's Robert Downey Jr. over there. He was on a coke bender. He's the one that ruined the uh the pep rally." Meanwhile, how fucking old is the quarterback? <laughs> real old he he's he looks he's given off a late 30s vibe <laughs> yes he looks 40 years old and i've looked him up aside from robert downey jr and maybe m emmett walsh this guy might be the most successful actor of the group really yeah he's uh, his name is mike mcgrady he's a character actor but he's on like I don't see it here. He's on like three long running TV shows. He's on FBI. He's on one of the Chicago. He's on shows for the old. Yeah. Chicago PD. And he's on something else. Like a CSI or something. The guy works, but you know, he's probably pretty fucking old because you cannot find his fucking date of birth anywhere. He's one of these guys that's hidden that detail from his IMDb, his wiki, I just don't know how old this guy is, but he had to be 40 years old when he was supposed to be playing the college <laughs> quarterback. And uh, there, there are two things about this scene. Uh, one is the classic Rodney line, bring a pitcher every seven minutes until someone passes out, then every 10 minutes. That's a great line. But then also, when the, when the fight's about to go down and Rodney's talking a big game, He's like, well, I got Lou. And then the the guy who stands up, Lou, yep. Yep. he's a 
his intimidators, a five foot six old guy with a limo hat on. Yeah. That was the big intimidator. He, cr- he crushes the napkin dispenser with his tiny little old man hands. Yeah. And then the fight, I mean, and Lou proves himself. He's killing he people. He kicks everybody's but ass. He, he literally kills somebody. He, he murders someone in the last scene. He puts the guy head first into a jukebox yeah. with like broken glass around his neck. <laughs> Best case scenario, he just put, turned a guy into a quadriplegic. Right, right. He he's, killed. He he might might have murdered well, someone. But Thornton fight. pays that off. Thornton, he's got he sets up a trust for the guy. Like he sets him up. He keeps these things quiet to keep the keep the wheels greased. And, I think. And you have to respect Melon rocks a, a full velour suit throughout the movie. Oh, he looks great. He looks fantastic. He looks great. Yeah. Um, so th- they beat up the whole bar and then it's, you know, th- typical freshman, uh, Thornton's in class the next day. He gets ca- Sally Kellerman calls on him and I respect him because he doesn't know shit about the great Gatsby, which is a trash book, but also it's really bad. I tried it like 15 years ago. I, Thought, you know what? Let me revisit this. I didn't like it in school. Maybe it really is good. No, it's awful. It's awful. Also, it's like 119 pages and it's bare, it's impossible to get but through. But you can't get through it. Yeah. You can't get through it. It's another, terrible. another question. I know this is supposed to be Harvard and, and they're reading The Great Gatsby. I read that in freshman English, high school freshman. Like Clips notes took care of it in freshman. Right. It's school. not a college level tome. Jason Stewart, have you listened to The Great Gatsby in your car ever? Or did you see the movie with Isla Fisher, who I would like to have sex with? Read the read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I'm, I've listened to it, and I hated I hated the recent adaptation of it with Leonardo DiCaprio as Gatsby. Yeah, awful. Very stylized. Baz Lerman. Baz Lerman. Terrible. Yes, awful. Awful book. Awful movie. Hard pass on all things Gatsby. Um, but he somehow tricks. You know how you can do office hours if you. Kids, if you're in college, here's what you oh, do. Such a good move. Such a good move. Here's what you do. You don't think it's a good idea. The teacher goes, I have office hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays at ten from 10 a.m. to 10.25. The very first office hours, you go. You go there every time you introduce yourself. First impression, best impression. Always. Get him, tell him your name. You shake his hand or hers. You look her in the eye. Do whatever it takes to let them know who you are, that you're studious, that you care. Because if things get a little dicey, they're going to remember you and they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Always recommend that. Uh, but he, well, he, that Brian really did care. Yeah. He's, he must not, you know, he did mention that he was, um, a little, had a learning disability that time he came to my office hours. It's you, 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 you season the stew a little bit before things get dicey. Um, but he's able, he's able to work at Thornton Mellon. He's a, he's a mover and a shaker. He says, Hey, let's, um, why don't you tutor me at your place? And she agrees. Well, cause she's earthy. Yeah, she well, doesn't, she doesn't offer up much resistance at all. No, Even none. when she kind of rejects him yep. there, it's, she still leaves the door wide open yep. at every turn. Yep. And I did read this little detail, Dr. Diane Turner's residence where he eventually shows up and, Prince money. Okay, hold on. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Because it looks like Beverly Hills to me. I would say that's either Beverly Hills or or Pasadena. Uh, I I have no idea uh, okay. which one. All right. 
It's the same home where Jamie Lee Curtis gets terrorized by Michael Myers in Halloween. Shut the fuck up. Wow. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. Stunning. Stunning development. Um, so now uh, Thornton's starting to take it seriously. He's he's not, well, he's not taking it seriously, but he's doing what a smart guy does. And this is what fucking drives me crazy. He's like, oh, we're reading Slaughterhouse-Five. So he gets fucking Kurt Vonnegut to not only be in his movie, they must have been cocaine buddies or something, yeah. uh, but also to come tutor him. He's like, oh, Kurt Vonnegut's going to come write my paper about his book. He's got NASA scientists there doing his uh, astronomy homework. Like, this is how a real, somebody, a thinking human being operates. He's got the means to make it happen. He's going to get grades the smart way. And you know who hates Isn't it? that what we want? Yes. Isn't that what we want in our leaders is to to find smart people around them? I mean, that's that's what's undoing our whole world right now is people don't surround themselves with smart that's, that's leaders. That's exactly right. He goes, they hand him a paper and he goes, feels too light. Throw a couple more graphs in it. Like this is this is this is a guy. This is he's a delegator, and he goes. Yeah. Jason walks in. He's like, "What's going on here with all these scientists and shit?" And he goes, "He goes here. Here's your astronomy paper." And Jason, what's Jason do? It's bound. He's bound it in a in a leather case. Jason wings it across the room like a fucking asshole. And you know what he says? I want to do my own astronomy paper. Nobody wants to do their own astronomy. Even astronomers don't want to do that. Are you fucking. I mean, just think about it, like. In college, one of the feelings I just remember always having is being overwhelmed with work and tests. If you could just knock a target off, like take that you would test never and then work, do it work on everything else. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. You would never want to do it yourself. I remember, like my freshman English one class, you had to write like ten essays, and every semester it was the same ten essays. And I wrote these fucking ten essays, and I did pretty well on them. And then you know what I did? I gave him to my buddy that was taking the class the next semester. And you know what he probably did? He gave them to the next guy. And you know what he did? They're probably still in use today, those papers. Because that's what you do. Now the people buy papers online and they have software that can like search out phrases and stuff. But back then, we had to do it the old-fashioned way where you fucking copied shit and changed it a little bit. Yeah. And this this Jason Mellon's like, oh, no, I want to do my own astronomy. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And astronomy's fucking hard. It's not just looking at stars. It's like math right. and shit. It's not just about the Big Dipper. There's a lot of math in there. It sucks. And uh, so Thornton, another thing he's doing is, and this is genius, he sends his secretary who also happens yeah. to be moonlighting. She's, she's Ed Rooney's secretary in Ferris Bueller's yeah. Day Off. Again. E- Edie McClurg. Edie McClurg made a lot of appearances in the mid-80s. Yeah. Again. Small wonder. To, to echo Jason Stewart's point, she just fucking – Hopped on a plane from Illinois and doing Ferris Bueller. This is around the same time. She just took the same character and cruised on over to Grand Lakes University and, and is doing the exact same thing. And around the same time, I, she's pretty much playing the woman at the car rental desk in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. Same era. Yes. Same woman. Yes. Exact same. Same woman. Same character every time. Um. <laughs> Then we go, so Thornton's got a team doing his work. Jason's being a huge dick, but now Jason's made, he's finally made the diving team. And they go to the, um, they, the diving meets going on. There's roughly a thousand people in the stands for some reason. It's a bright, sunny day. 
Jason, right. it J- might be more more people at a diving match in this movie than all of the diving matches in history combined. It's unbelievable. And this this Jason Mellon, he's just had it out with his dad, where he's like, "I don't want you to do anything for me. I want to do everything myself." And then what's he do when he gets to the diving meet? He walks up to Valerie and he's like, "Hey, Valerie." Listen, my dad's throwing a party after the uh, after the meet. Right. Why don't you come on over? So he's not good enough. He's too good to use his dad's NASA written astronomy paper. But Actual know how. Yeah, but he's not too good to try to get a piece of ass piggybacked on the party his dad's throwing in the sweet fucking dorm room he's remodeled. Pretty fucked up. Jason Mill- Mellon. Might be one of the great pieces of shit in film history. Worst guy. Yeah. Worst guy. Uh, but Johnny That's- Lawrence, who's, a, who's the greatest bully of all time, obviously, he lets Jason, like a pussy, goes up to Johnny Lawrence and like he's like, hey, let's kick the shit out of state in this diving match and tries to shake his hand. And Johnny Lawrence is like, hey, look, he's like, I don't want to fucking shake your hand because your dad bought, bought your way onto this team. And Jason, like a fucking dipshit, believes him. He sees his dad, his dad shaking hands with Emmett Walsh. He doesn't like it. He dives like shit because he's a pussy and he's all bummed out. Everybody knows when you dive, you don't spread your legs. You never spread your legs. You fuck it. It's the least amount of splash. It doesn't matter what happens in the air. It's the splash that matters. I've I've heard Al Troutwig every four years. It's the splash. We're, We're just occasional viewers. We know you don't spread your legs. So then they then the party's going on. And who's on stage? Jason. Who's on stage at, at, at Thornton Mellon's party? I mean it's it's Oingo Boingo, but let's talk about Oingo Boingo. let's talk about the stage and let's talk about the room. So this dorm room, as we talked about earlier, was like six dorms taken out. It's like an, a wing of a building. And then also this massive room for a stage and a dance floor was just kind of hidden away. The dorm room gets bigger and bigger and they did this all over a lunch. They, they did the entire renovation over a lunch. So he found speedy workers. I don't, I don't know what your yeah, problem is. Now, now did you see, uh, did you see up front that the, uh, the person that did the uh, score was Danny Elfman? Yep. Yeah. I, I would okay. point out here cause I know he, he's the reason why her last name is Jenna Elfman. She's super annoying, but that is a good pull for him. He's, uh, no, he's not her, a looker. He's her uncle. Danny Elfman. Oh, I thought it was her husband. No, Danny Elfman. <laughs> Danny Elfman is married to Bridget Fonda. Well, that's a great pull. Yeah, Bridget Fonda's a piece. He's he is not a looker. Well, no, he's, he's not all sickly and gingery. He's not handsome. Um oh, they've just gotten married. Bridget Fonda. Man, they are so rich. He's she's still got a fastball. She, that's a that's a big pull for him. She is smoking hot. Oh no, they've been married since two thousand three. One kid. She is a honey. This Bridget Fonda. Uh, yeah. So Oingo Boingo's playing. It's a it's a pretty sweet party. And meanwhile, fucking Jason's over there drinking sadly, drinking a beer, trying to be you know Robert Downey Jr. is like, look, I got coke. You know, it's like, you don't have to be sad. I got coke. 
And I got a Wonder Woman costume. We can we can do some shit. He's he's being a real bitch. And then what's Thornton doing? He's in the. This is just one of the baller moves of all time. He's, yeah, it is. He's in the hot tub with a bunch of co-ed honeys. He's straighten out my long fellow. He's he's underwater. He's underwater with the <laughs> snorkel and and goggles. And he comes up and there's uh there's Sally Kellerman, who by the way has a boyfriend, Doctor Barbet. Right. She pulls up with Barbet. Yes. Who inexplicably is a British guy who drives in a little car without without uh, doors. And on, oh, the steering wheel on the right side of the car. Yes, I'm not what sure what, 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 what is this? <laughs> in his old timey cap and everything. Yeah. But she's on a date with someone else. She's made it. She's made it clear that she's made it clear that she's in a relationship. She turned him down already for the party. Yeah. As far as he's concerned, and every every single male known to man, he's free game. Everything's in play at that point. And he. And- he comes up out of the water and with one of the – this guy's a quick thinker with one of the great lines of all times. He's like, Diane, say hello to my nieces. <laughs> <laughs> and also Jason inexplicably in this scene just sprays some dude with beer in his face because right he's face. mad. Yeah, he's- The guy was just having a good time. He wasn't agitating him. No, he's he's the original incel. He's he gets he gets in between the guy and his date and starts like dancing real weird with her and then turns around and like shakes his beer in his face and sprays his face. Then he goes outside, randomly runs into Valerie, who's still being super nice, and then Johnny Lawrence comes up. And much like the fucking karate kid, Johnny Lawrence doesn't really do anything, and this fucking Jason Mellon, like a prick. Punches him right in the fucking face, knocks out Johnny Lawrence. It it's a pretty embarrassing scene for John for uh, Chaz Osborne. Yeah, it is because little Jason floors him yeah. with one punch. Yeah, I mean it was kind of a sucker punch, but yeah, Jason's like five three. Um, so what what else happens? Thornton's working on Diane, but Doctor Barbet he's not having it. He calls. <laughs> Thornton into Dean Martin's office and Dean Martin's like, he's like, I don't believe uh, Dr. Barbet tells Dean Martin. He's like, look, he goes, I don't believe this guy's doing his own work. He's having NASA guys do it. And uh, Dean Martin, he's been, he's been purchased a building for his campus by uh, Thornton Mellon. And he's like, just tell just tell me honestly. And he's like, okay, I'll be honest with you. Yes, I did it. And he's like, okay, good enough for me. But Dr. Barbet's not having it. They, he proposes an oral exam of all of his classes and he, uh, he, uh, he, he has to get all of his professors together, um, to, to test his knowledge, a comprehensive oral exam. Uh, and then, so Jason, Jason's still pissed off or whatever. And then he happens upon Burt Young in the quad and Burt Young talks to him for like 12 seconds and basically says all the shit that Thornton Mellon's been saying. And then everything's fine. He's like, Hey, he's your dad. He wants the best for you. And Jason Mellon's like, okay, yeah, you're right, Lou. I, I understand now. Like, what was that? What, what? He's been a prick to his dad, this whole movie. And all of a sudden he gets 30 seconds of advice and everything's better. And part of the advice was, yeah, I had two kids. I put, put one through college. I put, another through the wall. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Was it the, I he thought he said the yourself. war. 
No, that makes more sense. The wall. <laughs> like he just, I, I beat the shit out of one of my sons. So you got to know your dad loves you. Uh, okay. Thanks. That's pretty uh, funny. I guess. Yeah. So um and then we have a th- we have a bitch and study montage. He's getting ready for his oral exam. He's like and, and Lou massages Thornton a lot, which is kind of weird. Yeah. He's getting a lot of massages from his air quotes driver, but whatever. Um he's he's studying. It's a full montage. He's studying in the shower and everything. Jason somehow has scored Valerie now. She's his chick. Um do you think? Oh, he. But by the way, when Jason scores Valerie, he says something like "I think I love you" or something like that, and she goes, "That's the first time you've said three sentences to me." And then, and then she says, "I love you too." What? Yeah. How can you be in love with somebody that looks like him? And then, she, not- then she has a very gross makeout with him, where he is probably standing on some sort of sort of a step stool, right? Like an apple box, right? Or something. Do, do you think she made her agent like get her a little bump before doing that scene where yeah. she's like, "Nah, I need I need like eight grand if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make <laughs> out with this Jason Mellon guy." Um, then we then we end up at the diving meet. Oh, so he has the oral exam. And um, he 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 does well, right? Or he gets but, somehow he gets all D's. But one last fact I learned about Rodney: Rodney suffered through gout during parts of the filming of the movie. The scene, especially the scene with when he recites Dylan Thomas's "Don't Go Gently Into That Good Night," oh. he was he was dealing with gout as he was trying to stand upright. Right. That's very scene. painful. Um, so but can we can we overstate or understate? Just how stupid the uh, the web story ended between uh, Jason and and what's her face Valerie. Awful. The, yeah. Horrible. He 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 was a total dick to her towards the the end, uh, and then he he pretty much was a pussy around her in the other scenes. So unless there were like a lot of background scenes that were never alluded to. It seems like they barely like walk by each other on campus a couple times, and then both of them admit that they love each other. Yeah, it's very, right. it's super weird. Kind of, kind of like what I just said. Not yeah, a whole lot of time <laughs> was spent putting into that relationship. <laughs> no. if we were gonna, if we were gonna try to believe that, Jason was no, looking at his phone during that time. Agreed. Um, so agreed. then they they have the they have uh, the diving meet. Yes. By the way, I could watch a full hour long documentary on the rationale for the one black guy in the crowd at the diving meet. There was like 500 people, but the one black guy, he felt the least true that he's going to be cheering for. No, right. no, no black, black guy's person ever gone to a diving meet. has ever gone to yes. a diving meet. No, for I what? I agree. What? Also, why was Robert Downey Jr. dressed like Johnny Dangerously? He had like a fedora and like a black pinstripe suit and a red tie at a, at a diving but when I, match. True, but when I first saw this movie, his performance at this diving meet was the funniest part of the movie for me. Yeah, because he's Heckling. he blows an air horn and he takes out his coke mirror and shines it in the guy's eyes. It's great. Um, Jason is now bullying Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence does a dive with his legs spread, which we know is illegal. He can't do that. Then he fakes an injury, a cramp. Apparently, he can't dive with a cramp. And who comes out of the crowd? The coach. First, Johnny... Johnny has their Chaz has one of the great lines when when Jason's really peacocking he's like uh Valerie's with me now or something like that and he goes 
coming into your own, aren't you, Melon? Like that's that's a great way to just size him up. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, I hated I yeah. hated the uh, writing decision, by the way, uh, the editorial decision to make him uh, fake an injury with cramps. That just seems that seems far below Johnny slash Chad, yeah. the same character as as the greatest bully in the history of film. Like yeah. maybe have him get in, actually physically injured on the dive. Yeah, it's a weak way to go out because he, you know, like, or or maybe get maybe maybe get disqualified by trying to kick Melon's ass. Like, yeah, you're out of here. You're off the team. Now we need someone to dive. You, I mean, but you oh, know what he could me. do is sweep the leg because apparently. Like, even though people have been getting kicked in the face for the entire tournament, kicking somebody in their hurt leg is illegal. That's right. It's against the rules for some reason. Far. I don't know why. Um, so Thornton Mellon's called in and he, and, I, yes. Well, I'm sorry. One last thing. When, when Jason actually does like a great dive to keep them in contention, it was a terrible dive. He didn't even flip. He no, just did like a backwards a back dive. dive. Is a back dive, but I don't know if and, you noticed. One judge gave him a ten. I don't know if you notice. Very little splash. Number there was one a little, little splash. No, nope. but that felt worse than the uh, Chavez Sweet Pea Whitaker judge. Right. Like there, <laughs> for a guy to give him a ten yes. for that, that he didn't even flip once. Richard no. Richard Steele was on hand. Um, it, Thornton comes in off the bench. He executes the triple lin- Lindy, which has to be illegal. I don't even think there's but, that many diving boards. On a, Can we on talk a about they said they moved in an extra diving board? For oh, the, is that what it is? Yeah. How how did uh in what world could sixty year old uh, Rodney Dangerfield qualified to do that dive and have it sanctioned? And he hadn't been practicing for their team. Like in what and how many loops? How many steps do you need to skip to get off the bench? and just do a dive that counts it's a, it's, in it's a regular crazy. swim. It's crazy. This wasn't just a full <laughs> crowd. It was a standing room only. Like, surrounding the pool, there. there were other people standing. Like, they there couldn't were, even there get There were cheerleaders. There were cheerleaders in the diving there event. Were, for the other team. Yeah. Um, so, he executes the triple Lindy. They presumably win the diving match. Um, and then they go to the commencement. This is how the film wraps up. It's like graduation. And it looks like... So, Jason and and... Um, Robert Downey Jr. Are they? I can't remember uh, if they're graduating or not. But Thornton is like he's a freshman. He's making the commencement speech, and he's like fully decorated. Is this a Billy Madison situation? Th- he it, just has to do like a week in each thing. Yeah, I think I think maybe, or it's like he's like a Cosby sitch where they just where they're like, uh, hey, you donated a building. Um, and then pretty weak one liners in his commencement speech. Hey, you got to look out for number one, but don't step on number two. Yeah. Kind of tough. Uh, but that's how it wraps up. Everyone's happy. Fantastic movie. It's still, it. I wouldn't say holds up, but it is entertaining. Back to school, 1986. Fantastic. Jason Stewart, any thoughts before we wrap up? I enjoyed the movie. I remember seeing the movie when it first came out and then I've gone, uh, how many years? 32 years of not seeing it, not even on yeah. cable or anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it holds up. I mean, it, this was basically a way for Rodney Dangerfield to get his stand up jokes into a movie. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, apologize it's- for having zero acting ability. He's just the exact same character he was in Caddyshack and it works. 
And I did find it funny that uh, the Burt Young just played uh, the, the oh. cousin or the brother. And, and I, but other than these little kind of uh, whimsical, typical 80s things, I think it holds up. Like, I recommend this movie. Uh, totally agree. And it's hard to, if you're younger and you don't realize, you just cannot really, unless you were there, understand how fucking big of a star Rodney Dangerfield was at the time. He was everywhere. He was, everybody loved him. He was such a fucking mega planet star at the time. It's just, you, you wouldn't even understand if you didn't, if you didn't live through it. Um, Ed Daly, your thoughts, send us home. What do you think? I, I agree with Patrick Jason. School? It, it was, it was, uh, very enjoyable. It wasn't easy money in terms of funny, I think, right, easy but it money. was still, Fantastic. It, it was still like a very good Rodney tell one liners. And he was just a lovable character and totally. at least on screen, totally. maybe not in real life. Everybody but, loved him. But, uh, but he was uh, he was fun, and I could see this movie <sighs> take out the diving. But this could be a, a remake kind of candidate. It's a funny concept. Mm. If you if who are you gonna put? You don't have a Rodney. Who do you put in it? Who plays I, the Rodney? I mean, you have to you'd have to find somebody good. But you could you could do something funny with this. Hmm. Yeah, it's possible. And I think you have to you would have to. Uh, throw the diving they'd have to rethink the diving as the, the diving's next. out yeah, nobody diving. nobody's taking <laughs> taking diving diving wasn't, is fucking wasn't out. there another diving there was another diving movie set at like asu around this time where it was like oh, really yeah they were like trying to make a hunk calendar oh my god You're, this isn't jim Connor. like that this isn't oh jim Connor. jim Connor. yeah with jim Connor, with mitch, right, Ga- with mitch gaylord it's Gaylord. Wait, Mitch Gaylord and uh, and and uh, Gretzky's wife, right? Oh yeah, Janet yes. Jones. What a babe! Right. They were trying to make a lot of things happen. Yeah, the the beach volleyball side out. They were, they were trying a lot of sports, but how about rap? If you remake it, if you yeah, I think you one. have something there. If if you think about it, the common uh, oh side the out common side out was uh, beach volleyball. Yep. See Thomas yeah. Howe. But but the common uh, trait here is. Coming off the excitement of the 1984 games that Russia boycotted, so we won all the the awards. That's right, LA. Uh, I I think there was a push to get those Olympic sports out there. People had a fever for those sports. Oh, hence right. the Mitch Gaylord project and diving well, yeah, if you in the main sport. It, this one. Your point with 84 Olympics. This movie came out in '86, so somebody wrote this in '84. Yes. You're right. In the wake of '84. Right. This is all 84 totally. Olympics. That's really. right. That's right. I went to uh, I went to basketball at the Forum and I watched Detlef Shrimp put it on Italy. That's Germany. Yeah. Really? That's Germany. Yeah. He put it on them dudes. He was pretty I went good. to Dodger Stadium. He was a stud. Yeah. I went to Dodger Stadium and saw Mark McGuire. Yeah, so did I. USA. So did I, buddy. Me too. Uh, all right, guys. Excellent job as always. Jason Stewart, fantastic. Whenever you can join us, we appreciate it. The check is in the mail. I will edit out that part where I said where you work, even though everybody knows already. Just beep it. I'll beep it. Beep it. Um, Ed Daly, fantastic work as you do every week. So, for special guest Jason Stewart, for Ed Daly, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 290 
of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.